Internet Vikings World of Experts. And really good to have you here and welcome back. We did this uh, seminar in March last year. Uh, have had a, a fantastic uh, number of people looking into that seminar and we felt that it's time to do the second one because this market is kind of exploding, uh, I, I would say. So why don't we jump straight into it, Elena, and start with perhaps one of the most important questions. I mean, being an operator or a service provider like Internet Vikings or a game provider like, like GreenGate or Aggregator like PiratePay or, or, or an affiliate, what is the most, I mean, and you have decided to expand into the US. What are the most important things to think about or, or to, to know and, and, and to bear in mind when you go into the US coming from, from Europe? Absolutely, Jasper. And um, to to lead in with a little bit with a little bit of your of your intro, just just as you said, U.S. market is absolutely booming right now. And even though we've chosen to have our second webinar towards the end of the year, so we could update you, um, one of the most important things to uh, to consider while entering the U.S. market is how much on top of the news you have to be. Because um, Jesper and I were, uh, are messaging at least every other day, just talking how my, how many things are changing, how many new players are entering, how many new states are passing the new laws, how many legal issues some companies might be having, and so on and so forth. So I would say that um, the first and foremost, you have to strap in for the long ride. You have to do all the research. You have to talk to all the possible partners you can talk who are already into the U.S. market because um, since they've already done it, they would have a lot of good advice when it comes to the day-to-day things like legal team, accounting team, uh, compliance team, um, and so on. And, um, yeah, and so yeah, I guess... If I, if I might, uh, isn't, that, isn't that what you said? That that's a fact. First of all, you need to have a partner. I mean, you, you really can't enter the U.S. by yourself. I mean, at least you need a skin. And, and with that, you need a partner, so to speak. Well, yes, absolutely. If you are a platform provider or a casino, you have to have... Um, but even besides that, actually, now when I think of it, um, us as a hosting supplier, also, we had to have a company sponsor us to enter into the U.S. market. So... Um, yeah, the first thing you have to do is to secure an agreement or to at least a letter of intent with a company that is already credited in the state that you're in. And, and this differs from, from, from the European market where you basically can set up a, a, a shop yourself. Right. Sorry. And then, and then, of course, regulation. You need, really need to have, you need, as you said, it, it can be a long ride. Just filling in the, the application forms and takes takes quite some time. I've done quite some of them and it, it takes time with one of them and it's a lot of detail. So, so that's another thing you really have to be prepared to, to do and also perhaps to, to use some, some people to help you with. Absolutely. It's a lot of information that is being requested of you as a director, officer, as a board member. Um, that's why, but um, on the other hand, it also can be really good because there are multiple states and their requirements are roughly the same. So once you get that over the first hump, the, the, the subsequent states are going to be much easier because there's already all of the information. You just need to paste it um, in the in the different form. Cool. That's good. And, and, and jumping to that, so what would you say could be if you just pinpoint your three main pitfalls that, that me as an operator could or, or as a service provider could end up in? 
Of course, um, I would say the main pitfall is going to be compliance. If you are not, if you are not a hundred percent compliant, or if you don't do what you are asked, um, you can get into trouble with a regulator. Um, and by trouble, I mean that the long time, the timelines are going to be even more extended, and no one wants that. Um, so it's important. It's important to acknowledge, right? When you enter the market, it's important to acknowledge that it's going to take a little bit of time to get your license, and that's fine. But it's important to do it right right away. Cool. And then, and then, of course, I mean, another pitfall could actually be that the, the market is more difficult than than you think because it is a new market. And if you look at marketing strategies and marketing expenses, they are different and could be much much higher than what you're accustomed to to in in Europe. Uh, and, and and some states are quite crowded today. Okay, it's not the three four hundred operators that you might have in UK and, and and so forth, but it's still quite crowded with with and uh, with with good people and good brands. Exactly, and um, the challenge the challenge of the US or the benefit to compare to the European market is that there is a very limited amount of skins that is available um, to the casino providers. So first you have to partner with a with a land-based casino and then they have a limited amount of, of those skins, which again it might be a good thing because it caps the competition. But on the other on the other hand, the competition for that single skin is so high, you better have a really good product and be all buttoned up before before you go into the market. Cool. I mean, that's good. And we, we, we're talking about the US market from a European perspective. So it's quite interesting to to kind of compare them, you have to do that. And, and I mean, there, there are similarities, of course, but there are also quite some differences be- between the markets. And, and size-wise, the US market today is, is smaller than the European market, but in my opinion, it will outgrow the European market by, by, by far uh, when, when, when all the states are opening up. What do you think about that? I I 100% agree. Um, what we have seen so far is um, there is a very huge appetite in the US for online gaming, and it's only picking up the pace right now. Only this year, if we can uh, swerve into a little bit more about updates for this year, only this year, eight states have passed the legislation to allow sports betting. Eight states. That has surpassed all even the most optimistic expectations. So what we are seeing is that um, the states are seeing the success of the states that are already in the market and they are willing to embrace it, again, looking for additional sorts of revenue and additional sorts of entertainment for the population. So absolutely, I think that, again, like over the next few years, the number of states is only going to grow. A lot of states are going to adopt online casino also because majority of them have only sport betting right now. Um, some of the big players like California are likely to join in the next year or so. So it absolutely can surpass European market in the next two years, I think. What do you With, think? From a European perspective, you have to be there. Somehow you have to be there or you're standing out of one of the largest gaming markets that is also regulated. So. So, and then back to the first question, I think you have to embrace yourself, as you said earlier enough, for a long ride. You have to invest in compliance and you have to invest in, in doing partnerships. And once again, that, that's another difference because we're not really used to that in Europe. We, we, we tend to run our things by ourselves, but the US is much, much more partners. And, and another thing we see here, as I see as a difference, is that the, 
the the I mean the iGaming market, if you look at the casino market, is perhaps five. I mean, we sorry, I, I would say it like this: we we've been doing this in in Europe for like ten, some fifteen years, and while it's just opened up as a regulated market in in uh, in the US. So I would say that in that sense, there's a difference between the player's perspective of an online casino and 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 in the US than than, than in Europe. But on, on the other hand. On the sports book, I think the, the biggest development we will see going forward in product development and, and customer features will actually be on the sports side in the US rather than in Europe. So there are differences in both these areas where I think the US will drive sports books betting uh, because of its history of sports book betting or sports betting, uh, but, but also due to the massive volumes we have there. And at the same time, I think the US operators will take a lot of influences from the European operators when it comes to operate the, the online casino part of the business uh, in, in that sense. So, so there are differences, but those differences will also strengthen both of those markets. Absolutely. And, and another difference that I've been thinking about, and you, you can help me, here, help me out here, Elena, and that is, I mean, you say that, yeah, but it's 50 states and, and you need to have a license in every state, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, but that we need to have in Europe as well. And in Europe, it's not 50 states. It's like, I think it's 45, 42 countries, which means that different language, different cultures, different payment systems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's also a big difference because when you enter the US, yes, you need a license per, per state, but it's the same kind of culture. It's the same language. You, you only need one customer support, basically, and so forth. Is, isn't that, that a, a big difference as well? Exactly. Yeah, I would say, I would say so. Is that, um, again, there is, a, there is a notion that um, U.S. is somehow much more difficult than Europe. But again, it's probably easier than Europe in many ways. I, 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 exactly. I think it is. When you will nail the first kind of, uh, you, you came up with the first hurdles when it comes to, to uh, uh, finding the partners and, and doing the compliance, it's a, it's a bit more a more streamlined process in the sense that once again it's actually one one it's one country where you need multiple licenses and that's much more easy than one continent where you need uh, to translate everything to the local languages. I would say exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, but 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 that's cool. So there are differences, definitely. Uh, some of them are a bit kind of uh, hurdles, but there are also differences in the in the sense that that it makes it. I mean, once again, I think the sum here is that if you think about US, you should go there because it's for you. It's a big market today. It will be a huge market. Uh, getting over the hurdles and and it will be more streamlined in 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 the process. But back to this year, 2021, we had this last seminar in March. You touched a bit upon it, but what, what has happened just since we had that seminar in March and up until now? Absolutely. So um, the main, again, the main development of this year is that um, there are so many more states that have passed the online um, sports betting laws. There are eight of them. Um, People, a lot of people, a lot of experts were saying that it can be between two and three um, states' best case scenario. What we have seen is that there are eight. So that that definitely communicates the 
that want to for there to be a safe entertainment, like a sports betting, especially in the US, if we consider that's the country where there are only three days without any without any sports events. So I would say that it on one on the one hand it was uh, it was a really good surprise, but on the other hand, it was very much expected that this is the way this is going to go. Um, we have seen a few major states like Michigan that started operating late February, early March. So operation in Michigan is full, full on up and running. And that, um, yeah, more and more people, we're seeing that a lot of revenues are growing. There is a definite increase year over year. Um, we have seen that brick and mortar casinos have started to safely reopen and they have been reopened at this time for a while. Um, and um, yeah, uh, I think everybody's seen that the online gaming can be done safely and that this is the industry where you should invest. So basically, yeah, I mean, 2021 is a year where a lot of things have happened, of course. And, and if we take 2021 as the, as the starting point, and then we kind of try to broaden our views like five years in the future, what, what are the trends? What, 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 what are we seeing right now that we believe will happen going further? I mean, in, in my book, most states will, will most likely start with, with, with a sportsbook license uh, because it seems like some of the states are now have been kind of holding back a bit, waiting for perhaps the election and so forth, but, but also to, to see how it works in other states and, and use that as a lachmus test, so to speak. So if, if it works in this state, it should work in ours as well. And that will speed up legislation. Uh, do, do you see the same? Can, can we foresee more, a bit of an explosion when it comes to a number of states in the coming five years? Absolutely. Yeah, I think another four, four to eight states will join in the next um, in the next five years. Um, a lot of those I, states... I think it will be more, but, but, but never mind that. Even more? <laughs> Maybe towards the end of the five... Uh, Towards the end of the of the five year time span, but um, definitely, I mean, we're at twenty twenty one state plus Washington DC mark right now, so we have definitely a long way to go. Yeah. Um, I also but think that I don't know if you see the the long tail, if you can call it that, of online casino. It's not that many of these states that today are running uh, uh, have a licensed online casino business uh, or an online casino license. But isn't that a fact as well that when they see how much money that generates? And they see how it works in these states like New Jersey, Michigan, Pennsylvania, etc. It's most likely that they will open up for, for online casinos as well, especially as skins to their physical casinos. I do. I do think that that's exactly what's going to happen. Like, again, because uh, to some of the states, sports betting is a relatively new concept. I feel like they're starting with something small and something basic like sports betting once they once they get to learn learn that and learn how to operate it safely they are going to expand to casino in fact we do we do think that um indiana and ohio are going to be the next state that are going to embrace casino probably in the next year so there's there's definitely enough an appetite and yeah towards the to answer your question about the forecast i think that yes first is that there's going to be more states Two is that the, a lot of existing states are going to expand. Three, there's going to be a huge shift from gray markets onto the legal markets because now everybody has the option to do so and not worry about redeeming their winnings or if they're going to get their money eventually. Um, 
And um, there is definitely going to be more consolidation of space, right? Jasper, you've seen this already happen. Uh, absolutely. I think that's, that's if you look in, in, in the fiber perspective, uh, consolidation is one of the main drivers. And, and I think that's a place where U.S. are ahead of, of, of Europe. We see more U.S. initiated deals uh, uh, today than we see European initiated deals. And, and so I, think, I think the growth will come faster. I think the consolidation will come faster. And I think this market, the U.S. market, will mature faster than, than most other markets has done. Partly because it started later, but also partly because it's in it's it kind of gaming is a business of scale. So consolidation and maturing fast is is kind of a business concept that that, that increases margin and, and increases profit. So so I definitely see foresee a a strong consolidation race in, in the US market the, the coming years. And, and we see that basically every day now. Um, so absolutely. And and another if you if you look perhaps five years and, and a bit more, I also I also think some of the new gaming products actually will will emerge from the US market. My my and this is me just guessing right now, but I think that the, the esport I mean, we have com- companies like Pinnacle that have been doing that very successfully in, 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 in Europe. I think they could, they could boom in the US because I think that the e-gaming market is so much bigger in the US than, than perhaps in the rest of the Europe. It, it fits that audience, so to speak. So I also see that I think we can see some new market trends when it comes to products and, and, and so in, in coming from the US in the coming five years. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think yeah. You you're right. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how long it's going to take. Yeah, for the esports for the esports trend to catch up with um with the US in the same scale that it is um in the Europe. But I do think that it's definitely coming somewhere. And that might be a topic for for Internet Vikings uh, US <laughs> seminar next year to invite them from the esports arena to, together with the two us and, and discuss this because yeah it, it it's it's bound to happen and and I, once again i think us could be the the the, the ground for that so to speak good uh, let's see here should we talk about the three us the, the main markets in the us right now like i mean you have new york michigan and pennsylvania right. why have those states or those markets succeeded from from a us perspective I mean, the numbers in New York now on the sportsbook is quite impressive. So, so if you could develop that detail for a bit, but, but also answer the question, why? Why have, why have they become the, the role model in, in, in the U.S. today? Absolutely. Well, New Jersey in September, for the first time uh, in the U.S. sports betting history, they reached $1 billion in monthly handle which is a huge achievement. This has not happened before. And yeah, like a lot of people expected New Jersey would be the state to do it. Um, Since again, they were the first ones in the market and there is a huge already established gaming base. Um, But it's definitely a strong signal that um, sports betting is going going good. um, And that more and more people are are wagering, especially now during the cold season. but yeah, I would say that New Jersey and Michigan are more similar in terms of regulations for suppliers, affiliate marketers, um, as well as pre- platform providers and casinos than Pennsylvania. 
Um, their lowest tier um, in New Jersey, in Michigan, is um, vendor, especially since if the supplier has a flat fee model. In Pennsylvania, however, um, you would have to be a gaming service provider right off the bat, which entails more a little, more, a little bit more paperwork, more compliance, more, um, more financial burden, obviously. Um, but... Um, but I, uh, yeah, but I do think that the regulations are not likely to change over time, but this is how they're going to be. Um, and Michigan and New Jersey, again, uh, you asked the reason why they're doing so well is because they have online casino along with sports betting. So that means that there are additional sources of, um, of games and sources of revenue. Um, I think what you touch upon here is very, very important because from a years from a lot of state perspective it's 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 about it's of course about regulating to 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 uh protect the players and and so forth and and canalize gray market into black market into white market et cetera et cetera but i also think it's it's quite clear that that for for a lot of states this is revenue this is tax revenue and and when they see how how, how much and when they see the ratio between sportsbook and online casinos, it will be very, very difficult for the sportsbook only states not to take online casino. Is that? Do you think I'm I'm right in that? Yeah, I I think that absolutely. Yeah, like again, there's because there there were no sports betting at all for the longest time, or it was only done in the land based casinos. There's there's an innate hesitance towards adopting something right away. So I do I do think that sports betting. Uh, legalization of sports betting is only the first step, but yeah, online casinos are absolutely um, are absolutely up there, and yeah, hopefully that more states can can do the same, so we can see more um, yeah more more better games, more companies. More and, and I mean, as you said, the reason why they have been so, so successful is that they mix sportbook and online casino. So I think that would be kind of a model for a lot of other states as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and yeah, for sure, in the next few years, we will see Michigan make a very interesting competition to New Jersey. But going back to the European companies wanting to, 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 to enter the US market, I think one has to be really, really... You have to start on, this, on the sportbook side, whether you are an affiliate or, or whatever you are. You have to understand that basically all online gaming in the US are starting as a sportsbook um, proposition. And I, I think that's, that's and, and then the casino will come as a, as a second phase, so to speak, I would say. Good. Um, and, and how easy, I mean, you talked about it, Michigan and New York is a bit more easy than, than, than Pennsylvania. And, and, and that's my kind of, Opinion as well, being having been there and 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 working with companies or, or being in in companies, having all these licenses and, and and this will not change, as you're saying. It will most likely stay stay the same. So, but when that hurdle is down, is there are there any other differences in working in these markets? Is it more difficult to run the operations when you have a license in in Pennsylvania than in New Jersey or Michigan? Um, I'd say that. 
uh, I would say no. Did they um, have a solid working regulatory foundation? It's not that hard, but all of your legal and technical processes and documentations will have to be buttoned up to prevent the delays. Uh, Michigan, on the other teeth, has been swept up the feet uh, due to the overwhelming success during the launch um, the launch this year because of March Madness, because of the Super Bowl. Um, and they're very heavily backlogged with applications right now. So um, expect longer wait times. Again, it's not necessarily that it's harder to enter these markets. It just might take longer. No, but, but, I, but you're right. I, from, from my perspective, it's, it's getting in that is different. But when you are in the market, you have your license, the operations is very much the same from, 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 more, from regulations to regulation. It's not that big difference. And, and once again, as we said, as we talked about in, in the beginning, then it becomes one market. As soon as you have the regulation, it's, it becomes one market because it's the same language. It's the same payment providers. It's the same kind of marketing and metrics, et cetera, et cetera. So it, I, I would say that the hurdles are before you get your, your license. Exactly. And many, many other states view this um, license in the first state as a massive seal of approval. So when you're entering other states, there are way less barriers that you have to pass in yes. order to be um, to be approved. Okay, so what you're saying here now, you should go with the toughest state first, which I would say <laughs> is Pennsylvania today. So you start with Pennsylvania, and then you will have a, not a free pass, but you will have a bit of a... a, a a good mark on your side when you enter the other states. Is that it? Sure, that's one way to do it. Um, or you could also consider any of the four states plus West Virginia that also has casinos and see where you can secure a partnership and just go into that state. Um, I do believe in following where the demand in following where the demand is. Um, so that would be another way to do it. So basically, your advisor is to pick a state that where you have the best business opportunities, but the one state at the time in the, in the beginning. That's what you're saying. Um, correct. I do think that um, the companies who are only entering the market can be overwhelmed with the amount of regulations and the new things that they have to be aware as they only enter in the USA. So probably one state at a time um, is sensible at the beginning. At the beginning. But, um, but again, like one step first or second step is in your belt, it's going to be pretty easy in the States to come, as long as there is, again, a partnership already and a company that can sponsor you. Yeah, And then back to the partnerships, what what, what do you view there today? Uh, I mean, that's what I see the, the, the competition. And and in the already existing, like New York and Michigan and, and, and Pennsylvania, are there any more, lies, are there any more skins to, to acquire or, or are the casinos holding... One or two, yes, for, for future possibilities. There are there are definitely a few licenses, um, a few licenses left. So the market is not fully closed just yet. But um, again, when you are when you are entering the market as a casino or a sports book, you have to to get that partnership with a casino. You would have to negotiate the terms. And again, one of the a lot of the terms being the revenue share, how much are you willing to to give back for this partnership? Um, so there are definitely a few a few skins left in the key states. Um, but um, if you if you need an opportunity to enter into that market, there's there is definitely an opportunity. Good. Sorry, I had to mute. I had a jackhammer in the building. Um, 
So, so, but but that also means that it's a bit of the seller's market today. I mean, sitting on these skins could be quite valuable. True, could be. Could be cool. Uh, back to New Jersey and Michigan. Is it possible for Michigan? I mean, they, as you said, they had a fantastic start. The timing there is kind of <laughs> exceptional. Uh, do you think they can overtake New Jersey? I would say that they will make for a good competition in the next few years. Again, New Jersey has been in the market for way longer and they have established user base. They have already established sports books. Um, so it might take Michigan a little while, um, but we'll see. I don't know. I think New Jersey is going to enjoy its laurels for a while, at least for the next four to five years. What do you feel, Jasper? Right, sorry. Right now, I feel that someone should steal the jackhammer after I couldn't really hear this. <laughs> but no, but um, uh, all these markets will be huge, and whether New York is bigger than, than, than Michigan or not is, is, is really not a, a big question. To see, it's more it's more academic, so to speak. Uh, but if we take these three markets, they are the most successful today because they are offering both sportsbook and online casino. If you would list market number four, five, and six when it comes to potential the coming years, what would your pick be? Um, I would say if we are to consider what are the next states, consider that there is nothing in this state going on, I would say California, Maine, Mississippi, Kansas, and Georgia. Um, as for the next New Jersey market, I would say that it's going to be Michigan, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Colorado, potentially. Cool. So there you have your recipe for where to launch your product. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, this, is a, this seminar is about the US market, but perhaps you should broaden it a bit in, in, into Canada. I know that that's not your uh, area of expertise, but still you, you, you hear some. There, there's some... It, it, it bubbles in, in Canada as well, as, as far as I can see it. It's, it's a prominent gaming market, and more and more of the Canadian states are opening up as well. It, just a short comment on that one. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as probably a lot of you know, that Ontario have allowed uh, for the online gaming and online sports betting to be illegal in the province of Ontario. Um, and um, the, the, um, the Gaming Commission in Ontario is now heavily working with uh existing platform providers to come out from the gray market and into the white market. There are huge incentives to them right now. So we've seen that some some of the casinos are definitely have started the process to do that. As for the suppliers, vendors and affiliate marketers, um, there is a licensing structure already in place. So if you're interested I've, I've, I've in today for one of my companies. Amazing. What, what yeah, license did you get? It's the first online form ever I have filled in. It's my kudos to Ontario for, for doing a very strict and, and user-friendly process. Exactly. That, it's been a long time coming, so might as well do a user-friendly, right? Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, Ontario is said to be the, the world's largest, what, fifth, fifth gaming market? I could be. I mean, I, I think it's huge. And, and my point here is more to, to the audience. If you are considering US 
uh, and expanding into the US, I think you should also should consider uh, Canada. Yes, two different countries, you need different licenses, but but still, basically to a large extent the same the same language. It might be that you need some French somewhere, uh, but to a large extent the same culture ish. Um, and 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 most importantly, it's the same time zone. So, so the people you have over there can can kind of work on on, on both these markets. I would say. And from a, from what I have seen from a regulatory point of view, it's not that much difference. The the Canadian states are as thorough uh, as the 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 the, the US one. I, I've been in one of these two hours inter- integration uh, with one of the Canadian states. So, so they are they have the same quality uh, and such. But once again, you have to embrace yourself, embrace, but you have to prepare yourself for that compliance part, whether you go into the US or the Canada. And if you have it, you should also, I, from my perspective, look at Canada. It's a very, it, from my perspective, it's a very interesting uh, gambling market. Um, absolutely. And also they have very similar, again, requirements. So once you have one or two or three states in the US, it's going to be very easy to expand towards Canada if you manage to secure the partnership. Um, but also um, pri- the price is very similar. And again, the fact that um, your company already has a license in the US is a huge seal of approval uh, for the Canadians. Um, and yeah, another point where we have seen this because they only have started to um, set this whole big regulatory machining process, we're seeing that there are not a lot of delays right now. Actually, the, their team has been responding to us personally very fast. So that's a good, um, that's another good thing, meaning that uh, you can be up and running in Ontario pretty pretty fast. Exactly. And since this, uh, this is a, an Internet Vikings seminar, you of course have to say that Internet Vikings can host you in Canada as well, just to, to, to point it out. <laughs> Good. Uh, totally. Let's change direction. Totally. And uh, so the US is. I think. I think it's. It has three of the eight largest. Uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Get, get gambling destinations like Las Vegas. We see that. We see this as a destination. I think they have three of the eight world's largest gambling destinations. Uh, will they suffer when when? Uh, when the market goes more and more online and when the sports book is in your pocket and you have your online casino in your iPhone, et cetera, et cetera. Is that, what's your take on that? Um, I do think that um, even though the convenience of mobile sports betting or mobile casino is hard to beat, there is definitely a room for, for the two of them. For one is because the social aspect, like going out, will always be attractive to some customers. Um, and for two, um, the online sports betting and online casino providers have to partner with the land-based casino. Um, and it's usually, again, as we mentioned already, is based on a rev- revenue share model. So that means that even though part of the income is now being directed elsewhere, it's still part of it still goes to the brick and mortar establishment. I, I share your view to 100%, and, and I just want to emphasize the, emphasize, emphasize the, the, the first part of it. And, and that is the more digital, and we see this in a lot of other areas, the more digital we get, uh, the higher is the need to actually socialize physically. I mean, look at cinemas. In, 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 in Sweden, where, where, I, where I live, Stockholm, it's, it's hard to get the cinema seat the regular Wednesday. 
and the film is you can see it on TV. You have your own candy in TV. It's your own sofa. No one disturbs you, etc. So still, we go to the cinemas because we need to kind of surround us with other people. It's the same with the restaurant. Yes, we have been all been doing home deliveries and, and Uber food and Fedora and whatever during the pandemic. And now the restaurants are crowded again because it's so much more fun. Even if you don't talk to the people, you don't speak to them. But <laughs> being in that atmosphere of seeing other people is so important. And I think the casino has exactly the same role to fill. And, and if you look at most casinos today, especially Las Vegas, they learned this like 10 years ago. It's not only about gambling anymore. It's entertainment. It's it's uh, it's an occasion, it, and, and that has to be happening in, in life uh, or in real life. So so I totally agree with you. I think um, we we have we need the, the social part, and and as such, the casinos will the, the bricks and casinos will stand strong. And I also think, and and to some extent, it will be more okay to entertain yourself with uh, with with gambling on the casinos. And that will also open up, perhaps, for an even broader audience taking a trip to these resorts and, and, and these destinations as, as part of their vacation because it's, it's, they know how to do it, so to speak. Absolutely. And yeah, um, Internet Vikings were just present in Las Vegas for the conference um, early, earlier, this, um, earlier this month. We went to there to G2E and again, all of the hotels, not just the Venetian in which we were staying, but all of the hotels are buzzing. There are so many people on the street just walking from a hotel to a hotel to gamble or to just, again, to just seek entertainment. Um, so yeah, it's definitely already coming back. Um, and technically we're still in the pandemic. So um, yeah, I do think that it just, um, they will continue to happily coexist in the years to come. I agree, 100%. And I think we should conclude. So we have some time for, for questions. And uh, my, my, my last question is, is basically theoretical. Is the US ready for, for, to embrace online gambling in full? I think it already did. It did. You're absolutely right. <laughs> we have, uh, um, I mean, it, as to summarize this, it's, it's a very interesting market. Uh, after you get your licenses, it's basically one market. It's a tough market. It's a heavy competition. You have some really strong household brands there. The bricks and mortar casinos entering in using their, their brand names, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a market where we will see a lot of consolidation. But it's a market that is difficult not to have in your strategic plans for the coming years, I would say. Absolutely. Good. Anything else, Elena? You are the expert here. What What else? What have we missed? Or should we let Let's see if we have any questions. Uh, yeah. Let's see if we have any questions. I think we've pretty much covered uh, what we wanted to talk about today. And that means that I um, have to put on my glasses, otherwise I can't read them. <laughs> um. <laughs> I have have an integration. Okay, that perhaps not. Okay, yes, but what your, are your thoughts about the high taxation on GGR in New York? Um, if I understand it correctly, and correct me here, Elon. Elon, New York made a kind of a an, an a request, an RFP, and and where you. 
you had to you had to one of the competitions to get the license or to to tell the state what taxes you wanted to pay. It wasn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly like that. And I think it was DraftKing or whoever it was said like we pay forty percent. Yeah, they were. Um, so it was a part of the bidding process. Yeah, yeah, to suggest how the regulation should be shaped, and um, that's why that's why they 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 won the nomination is because yeah. they offered the highest. Exactly. From my point of view, that's super clever because what happens <laughs> here is that you you create barriers of entry uh, with that high tax. You 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 create a barrier of entry, which means that there will be a limited number of of suppliers or perhaps even one or two, uh, which means that you are creating a kind of almost a monopoly. And I have the jackhammer, give me two seconds. Uh, and, and you can still be profitable. You have to spend a bit less on, on marketing. You have to run your business a bit more efficient. Uh, but then the competition is so much less. And I have experience with this because when I was at Mr. Green, we paid 40% tax in Austria, and that was a really, really profitable market for us because the number of competitors in that market was very, very small, very, very few compared to the other markets. So it's doable. And, and once again, I think that was a very clever strategic move uh, to actually offer that high GDR, tax on GDR in, in New York. True. Um, I see another question um, that is asking, what is the average time spent of entering U.S. market? How long it takes to receive the license? Um, I can answer from Internet Vikings perspective. Um, we have been applying for a supplier license um, in states like New Jersey, West Virginia, uh, in uh, New Jersey and West Virginia. It took us about um, a month or so in Colorado. Amazing state. It took us a few weeks. And in Michigan, we're still waiting for our for our license just because again they're very heavily backlogged in Michigan and uh, Pennsylvania. But, but uh, Jasper, you have, have to admit that it's a bit more simple for for a service provider than for an operator. So it yes. could take a bit longer time for an operator to get the license. Yes, like for instance, how long did it take your company to get a license in the U.S. market? Uh, sorry, I was muted. Ah. Uh, I don't really remember, but it took much longer time than than, than that. Absolutely, and, but it also it also matter how how you how you measure the time because if you measure the time from the first time you take the decision, then you get all the board members, you get all the directors to fill in these papers. You go back and forth. You have to fingerprint, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That starting time could be months, just because people are busy, or months actually, and then it's a process with the regulators as, as well. So it, it's difficult to say, but. I think you should be prepared for at least three to four months. And if, if you're super efficient yeah. and you're not, it takes four weeks. And what we have also heard from our partner companies is from the moment they apply until the moment they get um, their license, it can be anywhere between nine to 12 months. But the good news is that there are temporary licenses that there are available after three or four months after application, provided your application package is full. So you can go live pretty fast um, if everything is in order. Good, let's see here, um, more questions. Okay, so actually there's... Uh... 
Oh, that's a question for you, Jasper. Yes. We have it on the screen? Yes, I'm reading. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, as bank, banking is a challenge. Uh, it's, it's a challenge in Europe, and, and then it becomes a challenge in the US. And it seems that US banks has a problem with gambling, gaming money coming from European banks and vice versa. This, this, is, this is part of the due diligence process, and this is part of the process that might uh, put some more time into this. And, and basically, my advice is that you have to have a bank in the market where you are operational. So if your operation is Sweden, you need a Swedish bank. If your operation in, in Germany, you need a German bank. Of course, you can handle everything from your Maltese banks, etc., etc. But at some point, it would be a, a, a regulatory demand to have a local bank in some markets. And I, I think going into the US, I would advise to try to have a, a US bank as much as possible. Correct. And we have what we have also seen in our um, in our accreditation process, but also when we are working with the partners, we do know a few a few banks who have iGaming customers. Um, so if you're if you're interested in um, in reference, I think at the bottom uh, at the bottom of the screen at the end of the webinar, there will be um, a consultation that you can sign up with us, um, and we're happy to share that information or just email us at the. Um, at our support at our support email um, on the website. Yeah, good. And here's another question, and it, uh, it's actually addressed to you, Elena, but I will answer it. Uh, uh, along with casino platforms, will USA be focusing on multi-gaming platforms, skill-based games, and with real money involved? And as I said before, yes, I think some of that that development actually become first in the US, uh, uh, and, and there are so many. Initiatives go well, not so many, but there are some really interesting initiatives going on when when it comes to to multiplayer games. Uh, I am chairman in, in Green Jade Games, and we are doing arcade skill games and and looking and investing and investing heavily into that one. And yes, we see that the US market will of course be perhaps not an entry point alone, but it it, it is an interesting market. Uh, and once again, I think we will see a lot of the Product development will be focused on the US. Uh, and, and one reason for that is, of course, as I said before, the, the size of the market. So, yes, uh, we will see more product development being pushed via the US operators. Perhaps not in the beginning, because now it's just a matter of, if, if you talk online casino, it's a matter of getting the basis right, getting the, the catching up with, with all the game providers and broadening the portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. But over time, I think you will see a lot of innovations emptying the U.S. market for us, whether they come from Europe or U.S. And yeah, just to add a little bit to your to your answer, Jasper, uh, we're already seeing that uh, skill-based games are already allowed by some of the states and daily fantasy sports. I do think that it's the same, um, it's going to happen in the same way as online casino, is that a lot of states who already allow sports betting are going to be adopting skill-based games over the years, as well as the online um, casino. So there's definitely be movement in that direction. Good. Um, if you enter in the US, uh, if you enter the US with different states, do you need different domains for every license? Elena, do you know that? Do you need different domain? Um, 
Yeah, um, depending on who you are. If you are an affiliate marketer, yes, you do. If you're a vendor um, that supplies, like for instance, servers or like Accenture that Vikings, uh, we we did not need a different uh, domain. But if you are a casino provider or if you are a sports book, uh, what we have seen others are doing is that yeah, they are creating a subdomain for every state, like Jersey, Michigan uh, dot brand name. Uh, that's a good, that's one good question that I'll take is cloud-based computing allowed in all of the U.S. markets and do you provide it? Um, cloud-based hosting is allowed into the U.S. market, but with an extra, with an asterisk, the servers have to be based in the state. Um, so if you are serving Michigan market, you have to have your servers in Michigan market, and then you can do cloud computing out of Michigan for other Michigan uh, gaming board licensees, but it is possible. Good. And we have a question, Eliana, that says affiliate regulations, question mark. Would you, would, would you right. comment a bit about this? Is there, is there a different regulations for affiliate? Is there something affiliates has to think about when it comes to, to, to regulation? Right. So like, again, it's going to be different from state to state, but um, overall, Affiliate regulations are very similar to vendor regulations um, with with one pitfall is that if the affiliate is based on a flat fee model, they can usually apply for just a vendor license and it's very easy. If the affiliate is based on a revenue share model, they're going to have to go with a supplier license. It's the higher tier and they would have to do all of the personal disclosures, fingerprints and so on and so forth. Again, uh, it can be slightly different from state to state um and um uh, again if you if you're if you're needing help with the regulation we're happy to help you with that if you reach out to us uh but yeah overall um it's 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 easy for the affiliates that are based on the flat fee model yes and here's not a really good question with with mgm DraftKings, and fund you accounting for six seventy percent of the iGaming revenues, how can a new operator stand out? And let's let's this, let's talk about that for a while. Here and I, it's it's a really really good question, and and this is where the industry is heading right now. As I said before, consolidation, and consolidation in this industry is natural. First of all, there are no need for four hundred operators offering the the same games or the same. Matches with the same odds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, from a customer perspective, uh, you want some variance. You want to you want some brands to choose from, absolutely. But you don't need an overflow of brands. Secondly, uh, this industry is born on on pool pool games or or uh, 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 in yeah games with pooled uh, winnings like a lotto and and and. Uh, that has created large companies historically, because when you when you offer a pool like like a lotto, if you win one thousand euros on, the, on on that lotto, that's the max win you can have. No one plays it, so you need to have like hundreds of millions and or, or whatever as the first price. And to do that, you need to be big. Uh, so it's it's kind of in the in the DNA for a gaming company to be big and to control an area of of your market. So I think we will see consolidation, uh, but on the other hand. There will always be room for creative, uh, sorry, for creative new starters or, or smaller brands. And 
And 70% is, is a lot. But you should also remember that 30% of a huge market is also quite a lot. So I think there are room for, for smaller companies. Uh, I think the consolidation will continue. The, the, the bigger will get bigger and the smaller will be smaller. But there are still opportunities, absolutely, especially if you have something that stands out a bit. If you have a brand or, or a, a customer experience or products, if you uh, invest in, in more in, in a live product or a live product than one else has, as an example, uh, I think that's absolutely a, a rule. Uh, but, but once again, yes, the US market will be tough because you have some really, really big household names there and they are spending a lot of money in marketing. Um, and yeah, just to, just to add a little bit to Jasper's um, to Jasper's reply, uh, what we have seen um, happen is that when the new brands from Australia or from Europe are coming, again, that are not that MGM, DraftKings, and FanDuel, um, they are they are doing partnerships with the sports teams, uh, heavily advertise it. Um, they advertise heavily again on sports events, on the billboards everywhere. It's more like, again, the barrier is a little higher for the smaller players. But again, with the right kind of marketing, we do think that there is still there is room for everybody. And you, you can definitely go for that market share. Exactly. And sometimes being small in the huge market can also <laughs> be very, very profitable. Uh, but it's, it's a very good question. And that's something as an operator you have to take into consideration. Is it worth the risk of doing this? Uh, uh, but then on, on, on all the other sides, I mean, uh, service providers, there's always a need for service providers. So, so but this is more for, from an oper, operate, operate perspective. You have to take this in, in consideration and you might even have to calculate that, okay, there's only 30% left to, to fight about. Is that enough for us? Is that good enough? Or you know that we can take some because our product is so, Good, so we can actually take market shares from the big operators. Absolutely. Cool. Do we have any more um, questions, Helena? Yeah, I do see one last question. Um, one last question, or maybe not the last, um, that we're happy to answer. Um, can we expect regulation in other U.S. states which rely on GLI 19, as with Michigan? Um, I do think that, yeah. It's definitely gonna, and it's already been happening in the literally the last uh, four to five months. Um, more and more, more and more states are adopting GLI, and I've seen that uh, the GLI company itself has gotten their license in multiple states, like Virginia, I think Tennessee, uh, Michigan. So I do think that um, it's one of those European standards that is gonna come to the U.S. next year for sure. And we should remember that GLI 19, if I'm, if I understand it correctly, it has a lot of similarities with, with ISO certifications in, in, if it's 27, 2001 or whatever it is. So I think that that's also something that you should really, really consider to, to, to apply for these certificates because it will help you in the process of getting certified in the States as well, as it, as it does in Europe. Yeah, 100%. Good. Uh, with that, I think we are about to conclude our second US seminar. Uh, Elena, you are amazing. Thanks a lot for, for, for this. And uh, I hope that all the viewers have, have enjoyed this. And if you think you still have some questions you need to get answered, 
please contact uh, Elena. She she is our expert on on the US market. And uh, whenever you need, there are some hosting services available from from Internet Viking. See you all. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Jasper, for hosting at the last second. Cheers. Visit our website, internetvikings.com.